welcome to Lost Levels Club and Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy Holidays. Season's greetings. <laughs> so politically correct. Yeah. You're like, <laughs> it's... I have nothing to do with Sir Michael. <laughs> You've nothing to do with that. I can't, I can't even say it. I'm inclusive. Pandas are very inclusive. Anyway, it's all right. We're all friends here. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're alluding to panda symbolizes some sort of something. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to say some sort of something because I realized I was going down something just for <laughs> you. You're the one who said you outsourced your. <laughs> so we've all done things this year we're not proud of. But anyway, 2015 is almost over. In fact, by the time we get around to editing this and releasing it, 2015 will probably have already been over. So we're looking back. On 2015. So I thought it'd be fun if I went through our stats. Online, it's actually surprising how freely available your Steam and your PSN data is. So I've mined it to establish what games we played in 2015, looked at hours where I found them, where I could find them, and also I've picked out the achievements. Because they're... Because I love achievements. <laughs> I was going to say, because Ting Ting loves achievements. Yeah, and I I enjoyed looking up Sir Michael's achievements as much as I enjoyed looking at mine. You're terrible, actually. You you have infected me slightly with uh, achievement sickness. As I'm sure we'll get to later on, there's only one game I've platinumed, and I think it's your fault. I think, were you around here when I platinumed it as well? I don't think so. No? I think I was around here on when you... When you're in the process of platinuming, platting it, let's say platting. Okay. So I, what can we start off with? We can start off with the split. Actually, we can do the count first. Mike, you've played 35 games this year and you verified that or you've double checked it at least. Well, I've looked over the list and there's nothing immediately jumping out at me. It's like, I didn't play that this year or, oh, I thought I played this and it's not on the list. So reasonably accurate. Accurate enough for a podcast anyway. And I have played 16. So keeping... Our tradition, Mike is still playing twice as much as me, regardless of how you count it. Um, the next that we have is the split, you know, the split between console and PC. But it's only really PS4, really, for the both of us. Yeah, neither of us has really been playing anything on, what, the Wii or PS3 this year. And the interesting fact, or no, the in- interesting thing I found from that stat was that you're playing 75% of yours are on PC and 25% on, on console. Yeah, and you're about 50-50? Yeah, 50-50. Yeah, as I said before, you know, glorious PC gaming master race. I'm not sure why, actually. I used to play a lot on PC, and then there was a resurgence of console after we started playing games together, after Destiny, actually. That's what, I think, kick-started it. But this year, I've just reverted mostly to PC, I think. Well, actually, I think what's done it is... Windows 10 has come out and I no longer feel like I'm fighting my PC. I no longer hate my PC because Windows 8 was just constantly annoying me by doing random, unexpected things. Uh, and Windows 10 has made it a lot more like Windows 7. So I'm, I'm no longer actively fighting my PC and thus don't feel annoyed every time I use it. <laughs> if that's a good excuse. I don't know. I don't know why that would make such a difference, but weirdly it does. You really hated Windows 8.1 then, or Windows 8. Oh, yeah. I mean, Windows 8.1 was marginally better, but it was still an incredibly frustrating experience. Things like the, what's the stupid charms bar popping up unexpectedly. I mean, 
it, it wasn't even to do with the games because once you're playing a game you you think it doesn't matter but just the very action of turning on the pc and nothing quite working right it was incredibly frustrating and yeah i i hardly used my pc i think in 2014 which is weird because that's the year i got it and i i didn't really use it that much uh, but 2015 i've been using a lot more it's also probably this podcast just because I've been on the PC a lot more in order to be able to edit this podcast and look stuff up and so on, it's led to me, I guess, just because I've been online and then because people have seen me being online and they've said, oh, let's play something and suggested a random game. And that's how I've got to 35 games, uh, largely on PC, because I've been logged in on the PC. Someone suggested, oh, how about we play this? Or this has just come out or this is on Steam sale. Let's give it a go. And so I've just tried it. So you're steam account logs you in automatically no i actually i'm just clicking on steam when i log in recently i know that feeling yeah you're not alone yeah yeah i i actually have everything set to not auto log in like things like skype and steam everything they don't auto log in but i have been i have been logging in yeah steam's quite fun like that yeah it's always something to pop up or to look at the store to see what's on sale to make my backlog worse okay Moving on, what really drove this was completion rates. You were interested to see whether I really completed anything. And I was interested to see if if I really completed anything. So of the 16, I've completed three of them. Oh, actually 15. Same 15 games I played this year. I've completed three of them. So that leaves me at... Oh, 20%. No, three from 15 is 20%. Yes. Yay. Sounds about right. But for you, it's actually more impressive, I think. You've got, you're have got you on 40%. Despite playing twice as many games. So I've got twice as many games and twice as many completed as well, percentage-wise. But then I think it's what counts as completing a game as well. Particularly for some of these games, like, you can't really complete Counter-Strike. Uh, CSGO, you know, you can't complete CSGO. You can't complete Hearthstone. Or what would count as completing Hearthstone? Getting the Legend rank or something? I mean... Good luck any of us doing that. So completing a game these days, I think, is not such a it's not such an obvious there there are some games for which it, I don't think it makes sense to count it. But you've counted Binding of Isaac. Yeah, Binding of Isaac and Destiny, I, I said that I completed them, which is dubious. Destiny I'm giving it to myself because I would say I, I did the year one content. So I did I did all the year one raids and finished them. I did Scholas, Prison of Elders, uh, Max Level and finished it. Uh, so I've got the year one achievement. Did you find all the ghosts? Oh, no, I didn't find all the ghosts. Is that one of the... No, it does, it's not one of the... Okay. It's all the gold chests, I think, is the thing for the year one. Binding of Isaac. Binding of Isaac, I think, is more controversial because I've said, yeah, I finished it. But actually, anyone who seriously plays Binding of Isaac would say I have not finished Binding of Isaac. So I've successfully done several runs of Binding of Isaac. Like, as in, I've I've got to the final boss of that run and killed it and... Well, it's counted as a win for the win streak counter, but I haven't unlocked loads of the characters. I haven't unlocked most of the items. I haven't even unlocked like the Polaroid and the negative, for example, which if anyone who plays Binding of Isaac will know uh, what those are. So I think that's a fair <laughs> way to measure it, though. I think from sounds of it, I would say yes. That I've completed it. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I feel like I've done enough to, to give myself a tick, but it's nowhere near 100% obviously I mean in terms of all the items and all the all the stuff that's actually in the game it's only a small fraction of what's in the game then we have three stats I really wanted to get the PSN 
hours one. But they, I don't think that's available to you. That's I don't not think, tracked at all. Yeah, it's a shame. I don't think that they track it because because I misread it when you sent me the stats. And I at first thought you'd given me an hours stat for Bloodborne. And I was thinking, oh, how do you tell me how many hours I've played Bloodborne? That's, I'd be really interested to know how many hours i played Bloodborne. But no, it seems like it's not tracked, unfortunately. Yeah, but we do have Steam hours, at least. So for both of us, it's Fallout 4. Are you happy that Fallout 4 was the game you spent most time with? This year? This year. It's interesting because up until this week, it wasn't the most, was it? I think for me, it would have been Metal Gear Solid. Yep. So MGS5 was 58 hours and then Fallout 4 is now 65 because I I played it a lot trying to finish everything up for this podcast, in fact, just to really feel like I'd experienced enough to be able to talk about it. I think it's a respectable game to have at the top of your list. It, it's certainly a game that's deep enough to play for that long, as is MGS5. I think both of those are quite deserving of top spots. What, what's your second after Fallout 4? I think it was Dishonored. Oh, really? Yeah, it was Dishonored. You have a tumultuous relationship with Dishonored. You you don't really like it. I think you, you were playing it like a job. You were playing it like it was your job. Yeah, I didn't like it. Imagine if you were a game reviewer and you actually had to play it for your job. Uh, what, what score would you have given it? Seven. Because it doesn't do anything badly. But how it incentivizes you, that's, I feel that's... It's unfair to say broken. It seems really unfair to say broken, but it's misguided. Okay. Well, let, let's not review Dishonored, but... Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's interesting. And I would have much preferred... I'm Actually, I'm I'm just glad that Fallout 4 is the game I spent most time with. It makes sense to me. So you did enjoy Fallout 4? Yeah, very much so. And I do appreciate that. Some things you just have to slog through to get up and running. And then appreciate. There has to be that relationship you have with certain things. Actually, you know what? It's weird. I just I just realised I'd kind of forgotten that I played Metal Gear Solid 5 this year. Now now that I think about it, I'm not sure what happened. What, what was I doing while I was playing Metal Gear Solid 5? I think that must have been another time when my job was very busy. I'm, I'm not sure why I'm, where I'm going with this. Uh, but it's interesting. I I had actually kind of forgotten that it was... Even though it's on, even though it's on your stats spreadsheet, in my mind I'd actually kind of forgotten that I played it so recently, uh, and I'd put that many hours into it. Because fifty-eight is actually quite a lot of hours. Did I put Metal Gear Solid Five as finished on the spreadsheet or not? No, you didn't. No, because yeah, because I didn't finish Chapter Three, did I? Hmm. Okay, I think that's fair enough. And the next measure was um, Steam achievements. So you've got quite a few for Binding of Isaac. Yeah, this, but this is why just numerically counting the number of achievements, I think, is not a good measure. Because Binding of Isaac gives you an achievement for every single item you unlock. And I think there's easily over 100, maybe even hundreds of items to unlock now. So the fact that I've unlocked, what, 50-something just goes to show probably how little I've played Binding of Isaac rather than how much. Okay. And then your achievements, what, what do you want to say about that? I've got... It says the most achievements I've got are on Fallout 4 and Dishonored. With Fallout 4, it's because I've played so much of it. But with Dishonored, it's because we both did this. We both played in a certain way to achieve achievements. And you'll admit to that. Yeah, you're right. This is what I mean by I've been infected by your 
achievementitis. So for Dishonored, I think I I started playing it, and I because I knew there was I knew there was a different ending for having a well. I didn't realize at the time it was just for low chaos. I thought it was a, a different ending for not killing anyone. And then off the back of that, I looked at the achievements and then saw that their achievements were never being spotted, never, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I very, very deliberately played the game in such a way to get all of these achievements in one go. Because I was thinking, I'm probably going to play through this game only once and I'm going to go and get these like three or four really tough achievements to get in one playthrough. Did we break our experience because of the achievements? I think I enjoyed it because I decided from the outset that I was going to do this. It made me play the game in a very particular way, uh, but it gave me a, it gave me a target to achieve. I don't know whether I would have had more fun just playing the game. However, I mean, different games are different like that. I think I enjoyed Dishonored by playing it like that, but if, say, there was an achievement in Fallout 4 for for playing a particular way, I might not have enjoyed that. Like, Fallout 4, I definitely had more fun by just being ridiculous and putting on power armor and shooting people in the face with a nuke launcher when I felt like it. But Dishonored... Dishonored is a much more focused game, and playing it with... Playing it with these deliberate constraints in some ways made it more fun. Uh, So I was... Yeah, I was fine with it. But you did not really like it. I mean, as you're saying, you... I struggled with it. And and it seems to have made a very lasting impression on you because every time you look at your stats of Dishonored, you you seem to sigh and and look slightly sad. And you you also sent me an article and said, you know, this sums up exactly why I didn't like about Dishonored, why I didn't enjoy Dishonored. This feels like I wasted my time with it. Okay. Yeah. I do kind of see where you're coming from when it comes to wasting time because we don't have... I was going to say, we don't have that much time to play games, but obviously I've managed to actually put in quite a lot of time playing games. And and even you, I guess, have played, spent quite a lot of time playing games. But these days, it's certainly not feasible to play every game. And even playing as many games as we do, we've missed... You know, we've missed them this yeah. year. Some big ones. So I do see where you're coming from in that you don't want to spend your time playing a game that's no good. If you're not enjoying it, then you should just put it down and move on. I think the most important thing from that article was comparing Metal Gear to Dishonored, is that right? And how they tried to do the same thing, but the approach to it is very different. But is that fair to say that, though? Because one is an open world game. One is is very, yeah, one is very much an open world game. And one is an open world in inverted commas uh, world game where, you know, there are multiple paths through the level, but it's still very much a level. But then is it the reward mechanism that's at fault here? Dishonored is very much incentivizing you to never be detected. And if you enjoy playing that way, that's great. But if you don't, then then it's just a massive, massive struggle. And it's not fun because you feel like you have to play that way because that's what you're being incentivized to do, and you're being punished for playing differently. And even though there's there's a choice, it's the illusion of choice, because if you don't play that way, then you're just making a rod for your own back. Yeah. To use a, to use a saying that's loaded with meaning that, I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. But Metal Gear on the other side, you don't seem to, there's no consequence. 
Yeah, Metal Gear, on the other hand, when there, there definitely is consequence, but when things go wrong, it's somehow more fun. You've, you've got a plan, and you execute the plan, and when your plan goes wrong, well, you better think on your feet, but the, yeah, with just oh, we're going into way too much detail about Dishonored. I know, and then I wanted to talk about this other thing I had on my mind was, if quick saving was allowed in Metal Gear Solid Five, what would that mean? Yes, that's true. Would I have played radically different if I quick saved? Because as soon as anything went wrong, then I'd probably reload. And that's how I played Dishonored. Yeah, it would be, it would be unfair to... Exp- oh, we need to cut this out, we need to stop. We need to have a, de- a dedicated Dishonored sec- um Like, first thing next year, Dishonored. <laughs> we need to have a dedicated what Ting didn't like about Dishonored. What we should do, what we should do is when Dishonored 2 comes out, we should have a think about this. Yeah, we can't talk about this. Other than that, then, what's up? Okay, PSN trophies. You platinumed. <laughs> you platinumed Bloodborne. Why? Why? It's it's funny because Bloodborne and the Souls games have a reputation for being very, very hard. But they're not that hard, really. <laughs> Actually, I say that, but it did take me five hours to beat one boss. But what's interesting is I look back on it and I realise I have no one to blame but myself for taking five hours to beat this boss. Because I was trying to cheese it. I was trying to just summon help and get someone else to beat it for me. And after four and a half hours of doing this, I realised, you know what? I should probably just learn the patterns for this boss. And then half an hour after that, I'd beaten the boss without taking a single hit. And I realised, wow, I'm just really dumb. Uh, (laughs) Or really lazy. Or really lazy, yeah. So... In any case, they have a reputation for being really hard, but they're not necessarily that hard. You you actually just have to, you just have to actually get good. You have to concentrate. You have to, they're, but they're not actually that difficult a game. And unlike the other Souls games, the Bloodborne trophies, you just get them for playing the game. They're not. They're not asking you to do ridiculous things that take multiple playthroughs. They're not like max out every weapon, learn every spell. Well, they are acquire every weapon, but acquiring every weapon is something you will generally do in the course of the game. So it was actually relatively easy to platinum it. All all you have to do is literally just go and kill every boss and and get every weapon, which as someone who loves to hoard things, I was going to do anyway. So that's why I platinum Bloodborne. I realised that in the course of just playing the game normally, I'd already got maybe 80 or 90% of the trophies anyway. And it was just going to be a small amount of extra effort and completionism to just go and find these optional bosses and do them. So I did. Okay. And and it looks good as well because no one platinum's Bloodborne. It's got a reputation for being incredibly hard, but actually it's not so bad. So on my side, it's Rocket League. But as you mentioned, you get... <laughs> They'll give you a trophy for driving a thousand metres in Rocket League, I mean. So that's no-brainer for me. Do I, wait, hang on. How many, how many trophies do I have in Rocket League? 16. And how many do you have? 19. Okay, just checking. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Rocket League... Also, Rocket League is the fusion of the two kinds of genre of game I like the least, like football and driving. So <laughs> it's not surprising that I'm not going to be so good at it. But you still... Okay, it's 15. But you still earn 15 trophies from it. Yeah, probably by driving 15 kilometres. Hey, you did score quite a few, actually. Yeah, I do, did have some fluky shots. Yeah. 
Well, no. You have if you have that many, it's not fluky anymore. <laughs> okay, that's enough for the stats overview. Oh, but you love stats. I do love stats, but they don't collect enough of them for me to slave over them anymore. <laughs> wait, wait. Just just as another tangent, just because I remembered it. Did you say there's a thing that adds achievements to Super Nintendo games? Yeah. Emulated games. Would this make you more likely to play Super Metroid? Yes. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll think about that by next year. Okay, so now we have this spreadsheet in front of us of random stats for 2015. I wanted to ask you if there were games... Obviously, when I get presented you the spreadsheet, you added stuff which I'd missed, which wasn't collected by the systems. Yeah, because you were, you were basing this on my Steam playtime and my achievements, uh, or trophies. and. Yes, there are some games that I played that, particularly things like local multiplayer, and so I didn't. We didn't play them on my machine. So things like the ones where we did the Nvidia co-op game streaming, or I just went around their house. In fact, I just remembered another one that's not on the sheet. I'll add it later. So which was the v- Viganti. Viganti. Just realised. Whoops. Oh, we said that didn't count. If it wasn't played on your own system, it didn't count. What? <laughs> Why did we say that? I think you just made up this rule. Because otherwise it would count all the retro stuff you'd played. Oh. Off, off-site. <sighs> Come on. Okay, we can add them. Add them. Oh, I'm not going to add all those retro games. There's just way too many. But okay. arbitrary rules are arbitrary. I arbitrarily decide not to include those. I'm arbitrarily deciding not to include all the random... I played a load of NES games the other day just for fun. Just to check it was uh, working. You know, my, my uh, retro arch... Libretro emulator nonsense. I'm not going to put Faxanadu on there, even though it's an awesome game. Sorry. Go on. No, <laughs> that's it. That's it. I was just saying, I arbitrarily decide what's on, on the list and not, not on the list for me. So on the 30, of the 35 games, there were some you didn't even realise were from 2015. Yeah, I'd forgotten stuff, particularly from the start of the year. Do you want me to say? Yeah, please. Endless Legend, for example. Did I play that in March or something? I think I played it earlier this year. So, yeah, there were a few that I'd forgotten I played. And there's lots of random stuff that I played. Uh, there's a lot of games that I only played for like an hour or two as well. But I guess nothing was so fleeting that you'd forgotten about them. I guess it was more a case of, was it 2014, 2015? I- I'd forgotten about Titan Attacks. Okay. Because you said, you put that on the list, PS4, it's like... Oh, I guess I did play that. I mean, that one I literally played for like 20 minutes or something. Was that because it was bad? No, it was just because it was like a random thing. I've been claiming all of the PSN Plus games, as have you, I hope. Since October <laughs> 2015. <laughs> and it was just one of those and I, I downloaded it and I thought, oh, I'll give it a go. And that's the same way I ended up playing Valiant Hearts as well. I wanted to ask if there are any stats that surprised you. I am actually surprised by the number. I don't know whether... I think the number I was expecting a higher number than 35, interestingly. But then in my head, I was probably counting all the weird retro games and stuff, which I've arbitrarily just decided don't don't count. So maybe 35 is about right. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I, I never really thought about how many numerically games I'm playing before. So seeing it put on that list. Yeah, interesting. Are there any mobile games we've left off? Yes, there must have been. I have played some mobile games, I guess. Fewer this year than previous years. FTL? FTL... FTL was... Re- I've, I've played a lot of FTL on the PC, actually. I played a bunch on the iPad too, but that was last year anyway. Okay. So the only thing I spotted from my stats were that there's not been one game which I've spent a lot of time on. 
So for instance, last year we had Destiny and I really put in the hours there. And I guess every year there's always been that, to be fair, it's always been COD, really. And then there'll be the odd year where it'll be Battlefield Bad Company. And then even before then, it would have been Total War games. But there's always been one game where I've spent 50 plus hours on. And this year, we've not had that. Well, I mean, I have, but... (laughs) True. We've played a lot of Destiny, though. Even this year, we played quite a lot of Destiny. Up until, I think, up until the release of House of Wolves, didn't we? And that's when it started to drop off quite quickly. Yeah, but we kept playing until May, I think, or May, June, and then yeah. it just it did just drop off. A lot of stuff from the first half of this year, actually, is quite easy to... It's, well, for me, it almost feels like a, another year. It was just... I was pretty busy this year. So it's quite easy for me to forget what I did earlier in the year. But I think we did play a lot of Destiny. And then there was a second win when we were trying to get all... I trying to get all the year one stuff. Yeah, I didn't try that hard though. But when they presented them, there was a second wind, definitely. Yeah, weirdly, I I don't know why I just decided... It's quite funny. It's Sometimes I just get it into my head that I'm going to do this. Like I decided I'm going to get the year one trophy and I had to I had to try and do Vault of Glass, hard mode. I had to do, I had to do all this stuff that I hadn't done. It was a bit of a pain. But it, it's funny. I don't know what caused it. Sometimes. Like it... On World of Warcraft, I remember I just decided I was going to try and get all of the seasonal achievements because like at Halloween, you get an achievement and Chinese New Year and Valentine's Day, they have these seasonal achievements. And I remember when I was playing WoW, I just decided I was going to get them. And it was really inconvenient, especially like the Christmas ones, trying to play WoW at Christmas. (laughs) Farcical. So yeah, I think it was just one of those. So achievements aren't my fault then, really. I'm still going to blame you. Okay, fine. (laughs) so with the 35 games has there been any that you've have you loved them all no no obviously not there are a lot of games in there on that list that I've only played once or twice Um, and often for like an hour or two maybe it's funny because some of the games that I've only played for a few hours actually I really enjoyed like Human Resource Machine actually I did really enjoy that I probably would like to go back and try and finish that Whereas some others, some others I just somehow didn't enjoy. Uh, I mean, do you want me to explicitly name ones I didn't enjoy? Yeah, tell me games I shouldn't play. Hang on, let me have a, let me have a think. Helldivers, Running with Rifles. Okay. <laughs> is it, is <laughs> it Valiant Hearts? You're looking, at my, you're looking at my previous thoughts on this, yeah. Maybe your thoughts have changed. <sighs> okay, so no. N- naming things I didn't enjoy. I mean, actually, Valiant Hearts is unfair to say Valiant Hearts. Valiant Hearts, I think I just didn't get it. And I probably didn't give it enough of a chance. Valiant Hearts, I suspect it's the sort of game where, depending on what you're expecting when you go in, you're going to get a very different experience. In the same way that I really did not enjoy Alpha Centauri when I first played it. And then coming back to it a few years later, I really, really enjoyed it. It's now my favourite of the Civ series. So I'm not sure Valiant Hearts will be quite that level of turnabout. But... I can imagine that I would appreciate it more if I came into it with a different frame of mind. Conversely, Helldivers weirdly did not enjoy that at all. I just found it really, really trying playing that game. All the things about it that were supposed to be fun actually just made it a chore to play. It's a twin-stick team-based shooter. Yes, but 
there's always friendly fire on and any mistakes you make are punished brutally and all that happens is you end up bitching about your teammates constantly and it's just not a fun game to play i can imagine it being a fun game to play maybe if you're all together in the same place and you're all in the same frame of mind like you're all playing it just for a laugh and it doesn't matter if we all get killed because we're just having a laugh or if we're all going to take it really seriously and we're all going to be on our a game but because there's random match there's matchmaking if you don't have four people in your squad and whatever and it just becomes a massive drag because you'll be two of you playing together and they'll just drop a third person in and they're not going to be taking it seriously. And then you're just going to be bitching about that third person and trying to get them killed just so you don't have to deal with them anymore or vice versa. It's, uh, I, I found it weirdly not fun playing it. I actually, I actively find it not fun playing it. Although, I, I mean, I did enjoy, say, Magicka 2, which is the same kind of, which is the same kind of thing uh, where there's always friendly fire and, and it, somehow Magical 2 is more fun. It's more ridiculous. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, there's, what, what else to say running, about that? Running with rifles, what the hell is that? Uh, running, and running with rifles. Running with rifles is actually kind of a similar kind of problem to Helldivers. Okay. Well, no, running with rifles is just kind of slightly boring. It's the same kind of aesthetic as Helldivers. It's another top-down kind of twin-stick military-ish shooter. I think they're trying to go for like the cannon fodder kind of feel, but... It's just not particularly fun. There's just no particular purpose to the game. You you can sort of just run around and shoot things, but there's no... It just doesn't feel like there's any point. It's just kind of bland. Uh, I wouldn't say I actively disliked it, but I wouldn't say... I would say there's nothing particularly... There's no particular hook either. Yep. So I guess that's two games that I'm slightly down on, but they're both kind of quite similar games. Top-down, twin-stick kind of shooters. I want to ask about Guacamelee. This is a game you finished, but I've not heard anything about it. And you, yeah, because I didn't, I didn't say much about it, did I? No. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's before we started doing this podcast. Guacamole, it's, you know, it's like a Metroidvania. Uh, it's been on my to-play list for a while. I mean, I've, I've considered it on my mental backlog of games to play. So I think I had it on PC for a while and never quite got around to playing it. And I saw it was on PSN, uh, PSN Plus, and it was while I was in my, oh, let's play things on PS4 phase i guess when i was playing a lot of destiny uh it's probably before windows 10 came out that's what it really is so that makes sense before july something something yeah it's it's just a fairly competent metroidvania i quite liked it but at the same time it was nothing to write home about but enough for you to finish it yeah enough for me to finish it it did feel like a bit of a chore towards the end as well actually yeah I, there's not much to say I, I also guess it's just i know you don't like this sort of game or you've no interest I'm interested enough from the name itself. Really? But that's it. I would really like you to play a Metroidvania because you've never played one, have you? No. I played a Metroid 3D game, but not a 2D one, no. So I was trying to encourage you to play or to get Shadow Complex because Shadow Complex is free up until the end of December. Okay. Which, again, by the time this podcast goes out, it'll probably be too late, but Shadow Complex is a good game uh, from a... From a gameplay standpoint, it's a it's a very well executed Metroidvania, and Guacamole, yeah, it's another decent one, not as good as Shadow Complex. So it wasn't if it weren't free, you wouldn't have played it. I already own it like three times from various humble bundles and Steam sales and things. Yeah. So, uh, but I probably would not have got round to playing it for quite some time. It's just because it happened to be there. I was like, oh, 
Guacamelee, I've been meaning to play that for a while. It's interesting. Was, was I want to go on a tangent? Oh, always so many tangents. tangents. I want to go off on. <laughs> What's a tangent this time? Was this one of those? Like, how do you decide upon this? Right. What to play something? Yeah. I I find it so funny. You're you're very systematic. I love systems. I haven't got that got that much CGP grade in me, but there is elements of it. I can really appreciate what he's saying sometimes. Yeah, you're you are very systematic and. I, despite being the sort of person you would expect to be very systematic, I'm actually quite wanton and just do things. So because it was easy, because it was just in front of me, I downloaded it because it was a PSN Plus game and then it was just on the launcher bar. So I just launched it. And then once I'd started, I decided to finish. Fair enough. And that's, that's literally all there is to it. An interesting quirk we discovered when I was collecting these stats was that you didn't have any <laughs> Metal Gear 5 stats. Yeah, because, because as I said, I didn't have any Metal Gear 5 stats because I don't actually own Metal Gear Solid 5. My friend bought it and was not playing it. Uh, he was not using his Steam account for a few weeks because he was going on various different trips out of the country. And we have Steam home sharing set up so we can play each other's games when we're not using our Steam accounts. So he said, I've bought MGS 5, but I'm not going to be playing it for the next month you may as well play it. So all of my playtime has actually been on someone else's Steam home sharing copy of Metal Gear Solid Five, And thus, you can't see my stats. No, so I had to ask you to look, for, look them up for me. Yeah, and then you were horrified when I typed them in. <laughs> impressed, not horrified, impressed. So given all the stuff we've played this year, we've still missed stuff out. Right? I'm sure there were stages where we talked hopefully about stuff, but we never made the leap into buying into them. And we share we share quite a few, actually. So obviously there's Witcher 3. Yeah, Witcher 3, which everyone is saying Game of the Year. I don't know if the Game of the Year results are all out now, are they? Did it win, a lot of them? They're not out yet. Okay. It won the, the Game Awards one. Okay. And then we've we've got a friend who we used to play Destiny with, and he's also said... It's his game of the year. And he's platinumed it. So He's platinumed it. Okay. He's not messing around. Yeah. So yeah, Witcher 3, I think we've both, we've both missed. Legacy of the Void as well for you. I'd like to play it. Yeah. I, I find playing the StarCraft games quite cathartic. I, um, I'm only playing the single player, which is pretty easy. It's just quite fun. Quite a fun romp through. I, yeah, I, I guess, and you can just not take it terribly seriously. It's quite flashy. It's quite fun. The plot of the StarCraft games, I think, has been a bit of a disappointment for the recent ones. But I, I'd still give it a go. Just for some escapism. It's, it's the same. I mean, there's something about controlling little military men. It's really satisfying. It's really satisfying. What else was it? Oh, Mario Maker. Oh, yeah, Mario Maker. I, you know, neither of us owns a Wii U. And I would really... I'm, I'm always literally just on the cusp of buying a Wii U. I remember one time I was very, I was really weak and I was actually going to buy one. I remember I was just fed up with work and it was the start of like a three day weekend. And I just went back. I was leaving work. I was on the way back from the office. I just went into HMV to buy a Wii U. And it turns out in Hong Kong, HMV doesn't sell Wii U's. It only sells uh, PS4s and Xbox Ones. And so I couldn't buy a Wii U and I just went home and didn't buy one. And then I haven't, I've managed to be strong since. I haven't caved again. So did you watch a lot of YouTube videos? 
I've been watching those YouTube videos of Mario Maker, yeah. I watched a lot. And I was like, did you watch The Reikening? Have you seen this? No. The giant bomb. Dan Reichardt. Yeah, where they made, and they had that Patrick. Klepik, yeah. Patrick Klepik. And yeah, they call it The Reikening. He made a level and he had, the other guy had to try and beat it. It looks so fun. I can just imagine, oh, actually, I don't know if it would be fun or not if we made levels for each other. I think you might find it quite stressful. I just make cruel and unusual levels. But the beauty of Mario Maker is that you have to finish the level first. Yeah. So that will make it, it's not going to be impossible. No. And it would be interesting to see whether your um, your platforming skills are really superior. Because you have, you have much more experience than me. Well, it's funny because as I discovered recently, I'm rubbish at these games now. Maybe it's been just too long since I played a 2D platformer, but... Yeah, when I've tried to play the Mario games again, I've been like, what is this? <laughs> I can't, con- I can barely control this. I'm dying. I know, I now know what it was like watching my parents try and play Mario. <laughs> so yeah, maybe I'm rubbish now. It's been a long time. Did you have any other ones? I'd quite like to play Splatoon. I'd quite like to play like everything on the Wii U. The, the entire Wii U back catalogue. I'd like to play, the, you know, the 2D Mario, the 3D Mario, Splatoon, Mario Kart 8, the Smash Brothers Wii U. Like, all of the... There's so many Wii U games I would like to play. Bayonetta. Bayonetta. Yeah, Bayonetta 2. Why not? Have you, have you seen they've added Bayonetta to Smash Brothers? Yeah, they've added some Final then, Fantasy characters. As and well. Cloud, yeah. But the funniest one I thought was when Kirby eats Bayonetta and he's got little high-heeled gun shoes on. I've not seen that. It's awesome. I think, for me, I added two, which Uncharted Trilogy and... Dirt Rally. That, to me, these are both weird, weird choices. Because Uncharted Trilogy, you've played all the Uncharted games. Sometimes games are comforting. And sometimes it's nice just to be comforted and not have to learn new mechanics. And it's the same reason why we play Destiny for a lot of time. Yeah, okay. Okay. Right. Yeah, that's true. It's like your equivalent to comfort food well it's like why i randomly put all these emulators on and stuff or when i randomly decide to play the original xcom even though it's a punishing game somehow i find it quite enjoyable to go back and and play it and dirt rally yeah i had colin mccray rally even bought a steering wheel for it somehow convinced my parents they would teach me how to drive like <laughs> what <laughs> this is a new one of me yeah Really? Yeah, the, the the lines I fed my parents. I feel sorry for them now. I need to undo all that. This is so funny, actually. Crazy there's, spend. There's a, lot, there's a lot of stories where you, you, you've said you managed to convince your parents, like the one about the sound card as well or something. Did you have an or 32 Yeah. Well, the sound card didn't work with Monkey Island. Because you can't figure out how to configure an IRQ correctly. And I had like, it's not working. It's like I had a, I could demonstrate it not working. <laughs> poor parents you're poor parents I know I owe them a lot there'll be more of those to come I'm sure there's other stories like I mentioned convinced them to buy an Amiga there's no you had an Amiga there's no productive benefit when did you I, did I know this did you tell me this before I should have done oh. I had a 1200 as well it wasn't the cheap one I, would have, I don't know what I would have done for an Amiga as a kid probably lots of very mm, yeah let's not go there Wow. I would have loved an Amiga as a kid. I remember, you know, you were, you were asking like gaming roots and 
whether I was PC or console. And I remember asking asking my parents for a PC when I was young. I don't think I got a PC until I was like 14 or 15. You know, my parents were saying, oh, no, we can't afford it. Oh, no, we can't get one. Uh, and I was saying, oh, I, I want to learn how to program. I want to know how to make games and stuff. And, and they were like, no, no, we can't afford a PC. And then you've just, <laughs> you're just getting Amigas and all 32s. All 32, actually, is going to be nothing to anyone who's not like 30-something, probably. Yeah, all 32 is like the Rolls-Royce of sound cards back in the day. I mean, unless you're going to count like a, a Roland, whatever. That's 64s know. as well at, at the time, I think. All 32 was certainly like the top consumer card because there were crazy things for like music production, like was an LA, Roland LAPC-1 or an MT-32, that, which is even fancier. But an all 32 was... You know, Unnecessary. Yeah, it, it's like the equivalent of buying two 290Xs or it's like buying a Titan X now, basically. Back when sound cards were not standard. Oh, I don't even know where I'm going with this. Yeah, sound cards didn't used to be standard and all 32 was a really fancy sound card. And so, <laughs> I can't believe it. And an Amiga. Jeez. Where did, how old were you when you got that? I don't know. I was really young when I got the Amiga. Because I didn't have, it was before my PC, and my PC was when I was 12. You're like so rich compared to me. It was so ridiculous, because looking at the box on the Amiga, there's no, nothing on the box to prove to you that it was a, like a productivity tool. <laughs> and there's no way as a parent I would have bought that, because what did it's you just... Use, what did you use this Amiga for? To play games. <laughs> wow. But my pr- my friend sold it to me. My friend's parents and the friend sold it to my parents so well. This is shocking. This is outrageous. I had no idea. Wow. So comparatively, you had like privileged upbringing, at least in the computer gaming space. I think it just... Maybe it was at that age. We just... It unraveled. Before then, we didn't have much money. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. Wow. I would have, yeah, I'd have loved an Amiga. You didn't miss out. No? Yeah, it was, I thought it was pointless. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. After all that money spent as well. After all that money spent, your poor parents. Seriously, poor parents. <laughs> Especially after buying an Amiga. True, true. Sorry, anyway, that's, that's a tangent. It's a Lost Levels Club because we keep losing the point. We should call it Tangent Club. But it's the end of the year one. We're celebrating. We're celebrating? What's there to celebrate? What? It's been, it's been a grim and painful... What, 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 what is it the Queen says? An Annus Horribilis? Yes. Good old Queen Liz. The second. Shall we move on to yeah, the, dread, <laughs> the dreaded question? Okay. Have you progressed your backlog? <laughs> no. My, my backlog just grows. Uh, you know what would genuinely be interesting, stats-wise? To plot my backlog to plot the growth of my backlog but it's going to be impossible to do or at least it's going to take a tremendous amount of effort to do because you couldn't even use the steam stats because i probably have a few hundred unclaimed steam keys just sitting in you know humble bundle but they wouldn't be in steam though no no that's what that's what i'm saying there's i own probably hundreds more games than even my steam list shows because i haven't claimed the keys yet hmm so you may be even in. So you may be even into the thousands, not the multiple thousands, but I may have broken the thousand yeah, barrier. That's what I mean. Yeah, sorry. Yes, it is. It is not impossible that I have over a thousand Steam games and just don't realize it yet. So, 
tracking the growth of my backlog is going to be very difficult. But then again, what counts as being on the backlog? Just me owning the game. I'm not sure that should really count as being on the backlog. I don't think we've ever defined your backlog, really. We've just said, you own a shit ton of games. But to what end? <laughs> yeah, I mean, games that I count as being on my backlog, but that, that has still got worse. Because I'm now mentally putting Witcher 3 and Legacy of the Void and all the Wii U games on my backlog. You know, they're on there. Some of them may drop off. Like Splatoon maybe is going to drop off because maybe Splatoon is like a time and place thing. Because if you're not playing Splatoon this year, how long can Splatoon really sustain its user base for? If you try and join into it a few years down the line, I think there's going to be no one playing it. So some things like that are a time and place thing. But other things are just timelessly on my backlog. Like Homeworld, the Homeworld games. I bought Homeworld 1 and 2 Remastered this year. I actually bought it explicitly in the Steam sale to play it. Didn't play it. So my backlog is just continuously getting worse. And and it stretches all the way back to the, you know, the SNES and NES era. So maybe if we maintained it, if it didn't grow, that would be... I don't know why I'm creating goals for you. You don't care. It might be a fun project to actually explicitly list my backlog. Maybe I should do that and put it on the blog. Explicitly write out all the games I consider to be on my backlog. I would love for you to do that. But that I don't, I don't feel... So maybe that maybe that's the target twenty sixteen, just to to have an explicit page on the on the blog with your curated backlog and my I guess it's my curated backlog as well, my subset of the games I own. Well I don't even need to own them for them to be on the backlog. But you already know I don't enjoy games now because of my backlog. Don't do this to yourself. You should be learning from my experience. Oh, maybe maybe I'll stop playing so many games and I can move on with my life. <laughs> well no, you have to play your backlog to, <laughs> before you can move on with your life. I'm never going to finish my backlog. It'd be funny to add up the how long it would you'd expect to play on the backlog and discover, you know, it's going to be like 200 years or something. So from my backlog, I can say I've finished GTA 5 and I've started Borders Gate 2 with a commitment to finishing it. I've just got to say... I think you're brave committing to finish Baldur's Gate 2, knowing the rate at which you play games. And also, isn't Baldur's Gate 2, didn't you only add it to your backlog this year because of my badgering? Yes. Actually, it wasn't even my badgering. I didn't even intend for you to add it to your backlog. But you looked so... You, I did feel like I was going to let you down. After all that selling, all that salesmanship, I thought, I can add this. I didn't think. I don't think I realised quite what was involved for something to go on your backlog. I didn't realise quite how seriously you took this sort of thing. That how systematic you are about it. Was this before we started the podcast? Yeah, it was before we started. Uh, I guess you would have understood it more after if if we had added it after the podcast had started. Oh yeah, now I know. Good luck finishing that. It's a long game. So you mentioned it took you three weeks during a break, full time, pretty much. So that's 120 hours. Minimum. The original version of Baldur's Gate 2, which is the version you're playing, does not track your time. So I don't know quite how long I was playing it for, but I could believe I played over 100 hours. I'm hoping with the help of wikis, I can beat that. Yeah, that's true, because at the time I wouldn't have used a wiki or anything. I would have just blundered through. I don't know if I want to talk about this now. What would I do if I finished my backlog oh i want to know this is my question to you what would you do if you finished your backlog i don't think i'll finish it first of all and then if i did there is a secondary list of games that have been bought for me freebies and 
games that I've bought but not started. Really? What have you bought that you haven't started? Or games that I've bought but not played the single player campaign of. That's what I really mean, I think. Okay, like Portal 2. Well, not like Portal 2, it turns out. Yes. Like COD, for instance. So when I map my approach to you, if I own those 700 games, I would need to go in and play each one. Mentally, in my mind, I have to go in and, in and play each one. Even if it's for two hours. Has to be done. I'm going to say, first off, disclaimer, I'm not a psychopath. Uh, I'm not a killer. But you know, you know, there's the saying, which is, you kill one person, it's a murder. You kill you know, a million, it's a statistic. If you had one game you haven't played, you'd feel like you really have to play that game. You know, it's just sitting there. It's like, oh, why haven't I played this game? I bought it. It's just a waste of money. When you've got a thousand games, then it's just like, oh, well. It's crazy. If you gave me that backlog, I would have a whole process procedure to go through it. I would first of all remove everything under 80 on Metacritic, obviously. And then I would do some crazy thing where I sort it by time to complete or by year of release and I've just worked through it. I, I think it's it's just the changing nature of the games industry because it used to be that you could buy all of the really good games and play them. And now it's just it's just not possible. And then when, when you add in the fact that so many more people are making games now, there are so many more indie studios. I mean, we're having uh, you know a real resurgence in smaller teams making games and it's quite possible to have this enormous list of games that you could play and you just have to accept it in the same way that you can't watch every film you can't read every book you're not going to be able to play every game and i there's some quote from was it umberto eco or something about his library a library of thousands of books tens of thousands of books and saying how many of these books have you read and saying oh, I've read hardly any of them. Maybe I've read none of them. What's the point of having a library of books you've read? Then it's just like a trophy case of animals you've hunted. Better to have a resource of things that you haven't read yet that you can go to. Better to have a backlog of games that you haven't played yet that you can go to enjoy. I'm articulating this terribly badly. No, that's good. You've articulated it very well. So... That's why I don't feel guilty for having this massive resource of games. What I will feel miffed about is if one day Steam goes under and then it all goes, you know, poof into the ether. But uh, then I'll be sad. You can't request physical copies of... No. I mean, that, that's part of the reason they're so cheap. I mean, that's part, of your, that's part of your contract with Steam. The games are really cheap, but only you can play them. I'm kind of surprised they did the home sharing thing at all, to be honest. But then again, it makes sense because if a person is using their library at all, then you can't then you can't play the games from that library. So it does make sense. You can't arbitrarily just share libraries with people. That's always been part of the contract of the game. That's the difference between having a physical and a digital copy of things. And that's why I think that's why I think people do like Steam because, notwithstanding my rant about the regional lockout uh, the other week, Steam is actually quite fair. It doesn't feel like a shameless cash grab. The problem with, say, some of these other online distribution platforms is they're trying to charge you the same for the digital version as they are for the physical version. Or sometimes they're trying to charge you more for the digital version than the physical version. And 
they're, they're trying to charge you more for less. You can't lend the digital version to a friend. You can't sell the digital version on, you know, secondhand, like you could with a physical disc. And in Steam, they acknowledge this and the games go on sale. The games are really cheap. But that's kind of an acknowledgement that you can't do these things with these digital games that you can with a physical copy. And that's part of your, you know, the social contract of Steam rather than the financial contract. But it, it seems fair. And that's, I think, why people like it. But with the consoles, you mean the console stores? Uh, I mean, yeah, the console stores are the first one that springs to mind. But I think some like Ubisoft have a store as well. I think it's got similar problems. My understanding was with the console stores, they need to keep the retailer sweet. Yes. To get that marketing space. Yes, that's true. So with that, it's maybe you can give them that. Maybe. That's the thing with the way the world works. There aren't many cases where people are genuinely being assholes for the sake of it. Maybe that Martin Shkreli guy who bought the Wu-Tang album. Do you know this? And he raised the price of that drug 5,000%. He's being done for fraud now. Hooray, yeah. Come up and... Yes. Even you've heard of him. Even I've heard of him. Unbelievable. Yes. And... So other than that, yes, most of the time it's just circumstance. No one's trying to be difficult. Everyone's trying to make the best they can of, do the best they can with the hand they've been dealt. Okay, that wraps up. No, it seems like a kind of a negative way to to finish this section. Section? I think you think in sections too much. Okay, fine, fine. I think... I can't find any, any way to move on to some like meaningless awards. I think you should just say, let's just have some meaningless awards. Because it's, it's the it's end of the year, yeah, it's the end of the podcast, let's have some meaningless awards. No better way to mark it. <laughs> There's no better way to end the year than with a meaningless award. I think we can both agree on that. <laughs> yeah, not just one award, but quite a few awards. Quite a few, yeah. Go on then, what's your... So we started with just, because they're meaningless, how we define them, how we set them up can be quite arbitrary. So unfortunately, it's only from within the games we've played for 2015. So already, you can see how meaningless these awards are. So first up, we had um, Best Multiplayer. Which you are giving to... Destiny. <laughs> which I find hilarious. It sort of kind of sums up these awards in, in, one, in one selection. We, we've got, I think we've got a real love-hate relationship with Destiny. Because we really want to love it, and yet... All we do is complain about it. I don't think we've ever had anything good to say about Destiny. No, definitely not. And yet, we haven't even bought the expansion pack, and yet we keep talking about it. And despite the fact I said, I'm just going to buy the damn expansion pack, and I'm going to buy it for you, and you know, I haven't bought the expansion pack. I, I was really close. I was going to do it just for on principle the other day, because I said I would, but then I realised I'm never going to play this. Well, actually, no, I'm not never going to play it, but I'm not going to play it this year. It's still 2015 as we record this, by the way. So, So I didn't. Yet, I'm, I've resolved to give it. <laughs> it's your multiplayer game of the year. Yeah. I suppose you didn't, it didn't have much competition, did it? Is that or GTA 5? Blops 3. Oh, Blops 3. Oh, shit. I even forgot Blops 3. <laughs> wow. I changed my mind. <laughs> You're going to change your mind. Blops 3 is much better than Destiny. Is it just because you weren't playing it with me and Kevin? The, no, the progression is just so painful in Destiny. Oh, that's you know good luck editing this <laughs> <laughs> for real for real okay you're changing your mind for real i'm changing my mind wow we're, we're so professional on this <laughs> yeah 
This is like the worst. This is like the most amateur hour. <laughs> amateur hour. End of the year. No one cares anymore. We've checked out. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely checked out. I also feel like I can't give it to Destiny because it's just a bit of a farce. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to Ark because even though I only played it for one weekend, but that was the most fun weekend I've had in a long time uh, playing a game. And if you want to know about that weekend, check out Storytime. Storytime with mine. The episode's called Storytime. Check it out. And then next up, it's best console. Best console game. Best console game. Yeah, sorry. That's totally different thing if I just go for best console. Yes. Best console game. It's a no-brainer for me. It's GTA Five. I and mean, we really were talking about PS4 because it's the only one we own. So, I mean, I'm going to give it to Bloodborne, I guess. But you played, P- um, you played GTA Five. I did play GTA Five. Yeah. Uh, and I finished GTA Five, So, I obviously enjoyed it. But I think I enjoyed Bloodborne more. You finished GTA Five. Obviously, you enjoyed it. Have you finished anything you haven't enjoyed? That's quite a difficult question, actually. Are you a crazy person? That's what I'm really asking yeah, you. Yeah, I, I think no. But I wonder if I thought hard about enough about it that I'd find yes. But no, I don't think I would have finished something I didn't enjoy. Not unless it was really short. So yeah, I I played quite a sizable amount of time with GTA Five. Only thing I want to say is Metacritic was right. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! What? What did Metacritic say? Ninety ninety five, I think. Really? Okay. And, and what did it give Bloodborne? Ninety three. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a good game. Okay. Ninety two, ninety three. Okay. Why Bloodborne? Why Bloodborne? It's funny, actually. I'm my feelings on Bloodborne are quite are quite all over the place. It's a strange one. It's a really strange one. How much did I enjoy Bloodborne? I don't think Bloodborne's as good as Dark Souls. I'm not sure. I, I'm kind of torn about Bloodborne versus Dark Souls 2. But I did enjoy it. I most definitely did enjoy it. And it, it's definitely a fun game to play. It's a fun and challenging and interesting game to play. I use the word interesting too much just as a general word and I can't think of anything to say. It's It's challenging. It's... It's got a deep, it, 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 like all the Souls games, has a deep but slightly hidden story that you have to go looking for. I just enjoy that kind of game, I guess. And what, what can I say? It was out this year and it was on PS4, so <laughs> that's why I get it. You know, other games that might have got it if I played them. I mean, there's a whole bunch of... Witcher 3. Witcher 3, for example. If I'd got Witcher 3 on PS4, for example... Or, I don't know. Fallout 4, Metal Gear 5. Yeah, if you see, if I'd got any of these on console, maybe they'd be a contender. And that just goes to show how arbitrary and pointless this is. Boom. <laughs> Especially when you change your mind five seconds in, because I remind you, you played Black Ops 3. <laughs> I think it's quite fitting. <laughs> I think it's quite... Oh, dear. You know what? I think I'm, think I'm going to interject at this point just to say we did get feedback. We got some feedback. That we go off on too many tangents, and that we so I'm going to go on a tangent and say, "I'm really sorry. We should have done more prep for this episode. We'll try harder next year." Yes, and, and we'll address I, and we'll address more of the feedback next year. Even that yes was in the feedback. That yes followed by, <laughs> followed by nothing. As as we close 2015, as we close 2015. Uh, we're going to continue to make all the mistakes that we've been making in 2015. But 2016 is a new year. In 2016... So, actually, what's our resolutions for 2016? Just to completely go off the script. 
resolutions, resolutions for 2016. Let's plan these podcasts better. Let's let's take some of this feedback to heart. I think what we have to do is I I should limit myself to the number of questions I'm allowed to ask you. I should ask you some questions. You can mm, you ask me questions. It's fine. It's me. I like as much as you like to talk and move into like move away. I like to push you away as well. <laughs> yeah, I think we should probably spend a little time about thinking how to make these a bit more focused. But at the same time, we need to keep some sort of freedom. Otherwise. I'm just going to be like section, 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 and then it's just boring. Yeah, yeah. I do worry I'm going to have a brain aneurysm trying to edit these things. To anyone listening who thinks it's a rambly mess, you have no idea what it's like before I edit it. <laughs> Don't give it all away. <laughs> and, and you have no idea the things I have to cut. Sorry. <laughs> anyway, so best PC, best on PC. I've given to Fallout 4. I could e- I could easily keep playing this thing for a long time. I could double my playtime and still be... Okay, as it stands right now, I could double my playtime and I'd be satisfied. I'm torn about best on PC. I don't know whether I... Should, yeah, I Undertale, Undertale, Undertale. I'm really torn about Undertale. I don't know why. I really liked Undertale. I... Weirdly, the more I think about Undertale, the more I analyse Undertale, the less I like it, if you see what I'm trying to say. Well, actually, that's not that's not even right either. There are, there are a lot of things I didn't like about Undertale. I, I basically just did not enjoy Hotland, like the whole Hotland section. I just didn't really enjoy. In fact, I would say I didn't enjoy quite a lot of the game. And yet, the bits I did enjoy, I enjoyed so much that you can essentially just forget all the bits I didn't like. And it's left a very... It's left a lasting impression on me. It's very memorable. And obviously, I'm not the only person who feels this way because it won the Game Facts Best Game Ever contest. Yes. Which was quite a controversial thing for a game that's been out, like, a few months at the time of the contest. And it managed to... It managed to defeat everyone. Everyone literally everyone and you know it toppled such titans as ocarina of time and super mario world i mean there was there were people were shocked but that's how strongly people feel about undertale and you know i understand it i really liked undertale so for lack of a better idea i'm just arbitrarily gonna give it to undertale nice one and arbitrarily between bloodborne and undertale which one do you give it to oh no we're gonna go there we're gonna go there (laughs) yes so best between the best overall for you is between Bloodborne and Undertale. I'm arbitrarily giving it to Undertale. Nice ones, Undertale. Yeah, it left a very lasting impression on me. I really liked it, and uh, I don't know. It just shows. It just shows indie games can still do it. It just goes to show. It just goes to show if you really believe, you know, it, it's possible to make something with that much like heart. And, it's, and other people will get it too. Uh, yeah, I'm arbitrarily my decision. You? Um, between GTA 5 and Fallout 4, it has to be GTA 5. What works about GTA 5 is that everything you do is fun. It's simple as that. There's no... It's very lean. It, although it's 40-odd hours and there's a lot of side quests, a lot of things to do, everything you do is quite lean. There's no fat. There's no fat. With, with Fallout 4, there's a lot of... 
fast traveling, inventory management, and doing things which you need to do because you're a gamer, not because it's fun. So, like building up your settlements, that's going to offend people who like settlements. Yeah, neither of us did anything with that. Yeah, but the pain of. Did you set up. Oh gosh, going off. Oh, fuck it. Did you set up the supply chains or supply lines? I did eventually, yeah. It's just the pain of doing that. There's no fun in setting that up. <laughs> Can't say. Oh, just every, every time I just want to go off on the tangent. We, you know, we need to, we need to really work on this tangent nonsense. It's got worse now. Someone's mentioned it. It's got worse now. now someone's pointed it out. The, the funny thing is that we were obviously very aware of it before because I think what well, I was certainly saying to go off on a tangent, or you know, saying I'm going to hold up my arm because I'm going on a tangent. But yeah, it's pretty obvious we love to go on tangents. I think we need to do so do something on it. Okay, finally, what are we excited for 2016? This is it. Okay, this is this Last is the end. Last thing we talk about. This is the end. What, what? Okay, you go first. What am I looking forward to? Is Uncharted Four, but that's all familiar space. It's a sequel. I know what to expect, pretty much. But it's going to be comforting. I'm I'm looking forward to it. But what I'm really pumped for something different, right? Something that it was originally going to be No Man's Sky, but fuck it, Persona Four. Now you five. Persona Five. Persona Five. We've talked so much about RPGs in the last three months. It's really, really piqued my curiosity. I'm ready for Persona 5. And Persona 4 wasn't available on PS4 or 3, I think. Should check that, really. Tony on Vita. Oh, is that true? I think so. For me, The Witness. I'm totally pumped for The Witness. It's weird uh, how much, how psyched I am for The Witness. It's become like almost some running joke that I'm not sure we've actually gone into it too much while we're recording, but certainly offline, it's become a running joke that I idolise Jonathan Blow and that I'm anything Jonathan Blow makes, I think is a work of absolute genius. I certainly really enjoyed Braid and hearing Jonathan Blow talk about game mechanics and what he thinks is important when making a game. I've drunk the Kool-Aid. I'm I'm really interested in The Witness. I actually worry that The Witness is going to be the kind of game that I say that I enjoy and not the kind of game that I actually enjoy. But we will see. So you're now admitting to your blow obsession. <laughs> admitting to my blow obsession. Before it was, Ting, you're just building it up. This isn't me. This isn't who I am. I don't really obsess over it, but now you're admitting to it. I think it's one of those things where if you say it enough, it becomes true. Okay, so you're no longer in denial. Good. We've achieved something for 2015. (laughs) It's like the first step is admitting you have a problem. It is funny because I didn't really know anything about Jonathan Blow until I watched. uh, He did some presentation about game mechanics and prototypes. And that made such an impact on me. That's why I was so pumped to buy Braid. And then now I follow him on Twitter and now I subscribe to his YouTube channel where he talks about incomprehensible programming things, which even as a programmer, I find a bit dry, but still. (laughs) So that's that. Other stuff, I mean, it's funny. There's so much other stuff in 2016 that I completely forgot about. Uh, You mentioned 
Dark Souls 3. I didn't, I'd forgotten that was 2016. XCOM 2, which was originally 2015, is now 2016. There's a whole rake of other stuff. But in the short term, at least, yeah, I'm most pumped for The Witness. And that's January? Yes. Yeah, so not long to wait either. And even if it's delayed, it's going to be 2016. <laughs> I well hope so. <laughs> I think the funniest thing is after he made Braid, I think he said, oh, this almost killed me. I need to start releasing more frequently. And then it's like, oh yeah, The Witness, it'll be out next year. Three years later. <laughs> On that note, actually, we're finishing as we, <laughs> as we started. On another tangent. But we got there in the end. Sorry for the rambly mess. We promise we'll try harder next year. Really will. Yeah, we, we, we really need to do a bit more prep for these. But uh, I think it's also the holiday rush. We've checked out. Yeah, we've totally checked out. <laughs> if this one's really bad, maybe we won't even release it. We'll see. We'll see if there's something salvageable while I'm editing it from a basement in London. Anyway, <laughs> I want to ask about your your Christmas in the basement in London. Christmas in the basement, yeah. Are you um? Have you signed up to this, or is someone just going to kidnap you and put you in the basement? What the? F- what? <laughs> <laughs> when you get put in a basement in another country, you know, red flags should be. <laughs> I'm not Bo Bergdahl. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, last I checked, there <laughs> they weren't operating in the. Yeah, yeah. The the living rooms in the basement. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. You can rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. And we're on Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. And we're on Reddit. Slash R slash Lost Levels Club. And we have email. Mike.and.ting at Lost Levels.club. And so Michael loves you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Bye.